Welcome back to the Petcash Pod presented by Profluence Sports. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. We had a great conversation today with Ben Kieran. He is the current CEO of Caffeine TV. They are live streaming for sports. And uh, I'll let him go into all the details on the podcast, but so many learnings from it. And uh, his background, Ben's, he was the CEO and founder of Chomp, which got acquired in 2012 by Apple. He then led design for Apple for about four years before finding this little niche and opportunity to build what he's doing at Caffeine currently. So many great topics we cover from RSNs to the state of sorts media, AI's impact, and uh, just some of the cool things they're doing around these emerging leagues and sports. But nonetheless, Ben Kiernan, all the other podcasts can be found at profluence.com slash podcast. Let's dive in. Ben, excited to be here today. Caffeine, I had mine in today, but that's that's not what we're talking about. Talking about your company, the pivot, your a bunch of success lately, and uh, it's an interesting space right now. You know, I'm I'm very interested in the media, the tech, all that intersection of sports. So, been looking forward to this one for a while, and uh, glad to have you on. I'm uh, stoked to be here, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Want to sort of pull it back a little bit, and and we can go into your background a little bit. I think it plays a piece, but really want to sort of touch on the original thought for caffeine because what it is today isn't what it was previously. And I think it's important to kind of set the the stage of you know where you saw this opportunity. You jumped on it, but then it was like, wait a second, here there's a little bit of a better opportunity, and uh, I think I think that will lead us well into this conversation. Yeah, no problems. Absolutely. So it's been a while. I started the company in 2016. So it's almost eight years now. Time flies, man. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah, look, I before this, I led the design team for Apple TV. And while working on Apple TV, I mean, the short of it is I just kept feeling that somebody was going to build a next generation sort of live broadcasting, live TV broadcast network, kind of like what Twitch did for gaming, but for all of live broadcast TV. And so the thought was hey, maybe it's Twitch that does that. Or like, hey, maybe maybe you know, Apple might have, have a go at it or, or somebody might have a go at it. Someone should and someone will. It was just impossible for me to imagine a world where we didn't have kind of a free-to-watch interactive social place for watching all of the world's live TV content. And so that's actually been what I've been in pursuit of the whole time. But in order to do that, you have to work on new technology. The content rights are really tough. And so a lot of people, as they think about our pivots really relate to like, what's the content focus and how are we going to sort of ratchet up and get the results that you've seen lately. And those results lately, like the last 12 to 18 months, it's gone from, you know, three, two, three million users to over 40 million users now, like oh. in like 12 to 18 months. So it, it takes, it's an overnight success. It takes years to kind of get to, but we kind of got it figured out now. And I'd love to see, you know, all about it from the beginning all the way through to whatever's interesting. Yeah. Let's hear it. I'm I'm excited to to dive a little bit deeper into that. I don't, I don't think we need, you know, the full investor pitch, but we'll we'll take a few minutes of of the high level overview of, of how you got here. I I I mean, I'm ready to learn, and I'm sure some other people are too. Well, look, I mean, I I started programming when I was like 10 years old, right? That's and what I should have done. Screw basketball. I should have just been on the computer. I mean, I was surfing growing up in Australia, but I was trying to, in, in, behind the scenes, I wouldn't let my surf buddies know, like sitting there, like writing code all night, basically. I just always loved building things that other people could use and, and try and like use it as a, I don't know, a blank canvas and, and art. It's something where you sort of 
provide a contribution, you do something for other people. So I've always loved that. And the thing I loved about live broadcasting was it has, you know, it is largely sports and I love sports. I'm a big action sports fan myself. It also has news, it has politics, it has, it has a big impact on the world. And so I really think that the world needs a next generation network with a new steward really comes at it differently from the tech to the values to the whole thing. So that's a lot of the ethos and where it comes from. But the rough journey is I started with new technology, mainly being a technologist. I started with new live streaming technology for small streamers and it kind of worked, but didn't quite you know, explode. And then I got a lot of investment to buy content rights. And so we tried a lot of things through that. It's really hard to make that business model work. And now we're in a phase where we're really supporting really the majority of sports around the world that are not really getting licensing deals with the big networks and have found a way to help get their mega distribution and monetization and really super, not to sound all corporate, but basically super <laughs> serve the communities that come in uh, for those things. That's a little bit of the origin and kind of, you know, what's happened over those last X amount of years. Yeah. And the name caffeine, what was uh, the original thinking behind that? Everybody loves caffeine. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, no the, the, the rationale was like, I wanted to bring people together around content that they love. And I just thought it was a, a fun way of, of thinking about it. I mean, caffeine tends to do that quite a bit. So yeah. that's where it came from. Yeah, no, it's it's a good name. And then how did you, because you came more from the creative world and and being a part of teams. Now, when you jumped into sort of leading the charge and, and founder, you know, how did you go about that? How did you build your team? How did you manage that whole process? Because I'm sure that was a bunch of learning in of itself while you're also building a new product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, what brought me over from Australia about 20 years ago, I'm, I'm 41 now, I can't believe I'm telling you. That. But anyway, okay. when I was about 20, I came over from Australia to the San Francisco Bay Area, Silicon Valley. And I'd started a company already in Australia that got funded in, in the Valley. And so I've actually done venture-backed companies twice before this. And the last one, Apple ended up acquiring, and that's why I was at Apple. So I was already, I was already pretty well-versed on like how to, how to do it. And so the real question in my kind of early 30s was like, oh man, I got this like amazing gig at Apple. Like, do you really want to go take on live streaming and live broadcasting? It's so hard. Like everybody does it, mostly fails. It's really tough. But I, I knew what I was signing up for and, and how to get it going. So that's, yeah, hopefully that answers your question a little bit. Yeah, no, it's good. And then in terms of the, uh, the recent surge and all the new users, you know, what, what drove a lot of that? I mean, two to 40 or whatever it was is, I mean, that's every product company, whatever, whatever you're building, that's a, that's a dream, right? Like you said, the overnight success, which it wasn't really overnight. No, it definitely. It definitely wasn't overnight. Look, I, I would really sort of attribute it to three factors. One is we have really, really, really developed live streaming tech that is super well suited to people that want to broadcast live sports. Um, it does like replays and upcoming and it, most importantly, it can stream at scale, which is in, 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 in real time, um, as fast as the chat that you and I are having right now over this video call. Um, it's really quick. So the tech, the, the actual tech platform is really developed and dialed in for sports and their fans. I'd say the second thing which really helped is we launched um, a free embeddable player which we can live stream to. And so there's a lot of sports sites that want to get access to sports content that their audiences may not otherwise discover in other places. And so it's loaded up for free with live streams and we're now even using some AI to help match the right live sporting match with the right user on the right site. 
So that's been transformative for getting the content out to different users on different websites. And then the third is just the market opportunity. I think that a lot of with the, you know, what's happened with the RSNs and cable and just everything that's gone on, there's a lot of sports folks out there that are really looking for more distribution and monetization than ever. And so that's sort of created a perfect storm for us all to sort of work together and use that technology and that embed and, and that market opportunity to grow really quickly. Yeah. And, and since 2016, even sports has gone through a bunch of phases. I don't think there was much streaming at all. I mean, now even I think Netflix announced they're they're jumping into it very soon. Yeah. You know, what it, obviously the RSNs, and I think you can go a little bit deeper on that. But what have you seen, sort of, just in your time period over the eight years of this evolution? And then not only that, but where's it going after you know, in twenty four, twenty five, and and on with Olympics? There's a lot coming up that I think like we're, we're in an interesting, fa- exciting but interesting phase for sure. Look, I think that I don't know whether it's been a decade or two decades, but the way in which consumers have sort of previously purchased their cable and TV package has really changed dramatically over the last 10 or 20 years. And and so if you wind back 10, 15 years ago, the common case was you bought your internet service and you got your your, your cable package with it. And so one of the like really interesting moments for me at Apple was hearing that, oh, like people buy like, for example, like Comcast with the sports package. And, and then I was like, oh, okay, so, so the sports, what's selling, like that's the selling point for buying that package over someone else's package. Like, how does that work? And, and as you sort of unpack it, what was interesting was the lion's share of the money in a cable, like let's just say you spend $100 on like cable TV. Most of the money is going to like buying sports rights and the people that, 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 that sell those things. And that was the hook that got people to buy. And so what's happened is as people just want to buy internet and then get everything over the, you know, on their connected TV or on their phone or whatever, <laughs> sports has been kind of the, the laggard to leave cable because it was making so much money. Like movies and TV shows and Netflix, all that stuff went, went first. Like that, that, that eroded pretty, pretty quickly, quickly, but not quickly. And so now you're in this like new world where there's a tipping point and now like even regional sports networks, maybe not everybody knows what that is, but when you bought your cable package, you got your local sports as well. Well, that, that whole business model isn't sustainable. And so it's really like hit a tipping point in the last 12 to 18 months. I mean, it's, there's been change going on for years and that's part of what you'd be referring to, you know, back seven, eight years ago. But there's quite a dramatic shift in the last 12 to 18 months where it's pretty fragmented. Like somebody asked me the other day, they were like, where do I go to watch football? And I was like, digitally like maybe youtube tv and then they're like basketball and i'm like probably nba like espn and they're like how do i get that <laughs> like yeah it, it's it's kind of fragmented and so it's even worse for the majority of sports that are out there let alone the big the big sports a lot of people think about the top 100 sports like fifa and nfl and yeah. things like that but what we don't realize is there's like over ten thousand sporting leagues out there from like pickleball to like action sports like world surf league and stuff like there's such a wide range of sports that people care about but it's in this really precarious position so i can tell you where it's going but that was that was like where it's been (laughs) yeah no that was great and i think yeah i mean let's not uh dilly dally around it let's where's it going because obviously you guys are a part of where it's going yeah look i would segment it as there's the prime which is the top 100 sports Again, like NBA, NFL, like that kind of gear, FIFA, that stuff. And then there's everything else, which is the majority. 
and they have smaller individual audiences, but it is, it's kind of the majority. And I think for the prelim, you're going to see some really interesting moves by Apple. You've already seen MLS that have come to that, Amazon, um, as they've gone up to football rights and things like that. I think you're going to see a little bit of fragmentation over the next like five years where you are going to have to choose. Do I want to buy an Amazon service or an Apple service or both? I need a YouTube, you know, TV service. So there's going to be a bit of fragmentation. Um, probably have to buy multiple things. It's becoming cable again, as they say. It's like it all fragmented, but now you have, it's like becoming the same thing. It's like the unbundling to the bundling. Yeah. yeah. So you guys get a bit of that. And I think that for the majority of sports that are out there, there's going to be new players out there that are building infrastructure and tools to help them succeed. And we're one of them. Obviously, we're doing the streaming aspect of things, but you're going to see all sorts of different you know, services, ones that help help them build up, you know, up a presence on their own website and, and get out there. I think, you know, YouTube's obviously provides great creator tools. There's just going to be a range of different things that, uh, that will come for those guys. And maybe not all of them are going to make it through this, this, this next phase because they are expensive to run and they rely on distribution and monetization. But, you know, with enough companies like Caffeine playing a role in helping them, I think, you know, things will settle again over the next five to 10 years and will become more easy for the fans to figure out where to go for these different different things but we're we're definitely going through a lot of change for the next five years right and do you see i think i'm a millennial i don't even know but like do you see like gen z is what most people talk about i don't i I actually don't know where i fall i know i'm right on the border i should probably figure that out but anyway do you see that changing things as well because the consuming habits are obviously much different for younger sports fans versus more traditional uh older you know older sports fans yeah, for sure. Look, I think that there's been obviously a very serious trend towards short form content, the younger, you know, next generation. And it's really engaging. And I think where, what, what, you know, gets impacted the most there are sort of older long form sort of entertainment things like movies and TV shows. Like, you know, I, I, you know, people might watch a movie and TV show, but they're still like swiping on their phone and looking at the next, you know, short form content. So I think that gets pretty impacted. You know, I think as as it relates to competitions, like I think it's impossible to imagine young people or the next generation or, or humans care about competition anymore. So long as there's like my family versus your family, my house versus your house, my college versus your college, somebody's going to watch it. Yeah. And, and so that goes against the grain for sure. Like that's a point in scheduled viewing. Most people, like young people just want like, I want my stuff now, when I want it, how I want it for as long as I want it, and that's it. You know, but I think that it's not going away, the idea of watching somebody versus somebody. Um, I think it could, it's going to change in terms of the interest in that top 100. I think that there's more niche things out there. Again, we're supporting those, those, a lot of those more niche things where it is, you know, my house versus your house. It is a little bit more targeted down to people's passions and interest. But I think that's an exciting space. Not a lot of people are paying enough attention to, but it is important and it's going to be part of the next, the next generation for sure. Yeah. And. I know you mentioned a little bit earlier, you're using a little bit of artificial intelligence or machine learning or something to connect. Do you believe that's going to have a big impact across all this as well, just in terms of speeding up content creation, formulating data, providing better recommendations? I mean, a lot of people don't know. I mean, this type of tech's been around. I mean, it's not like Netflix or Spotify or probably a lot of Apple stuff. Like you get recommendations because of sort of that technology, but it's definitely I, I'm not going to get too technical technical here, but I've done a little bit of research into it. And it's it's like it's really exploded in terms of even AI and and 
is it going to have this impact on media and, and streaming and, and sports? Like what's, what's your thoughts around that? Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be transformative. Um, it is transformative. It's already in the process of doing that. And I think it, you're right. And it's been doing it for a long time. Right. So it depends on like, I mean, back in my you know, days before Apple, my company that they acquired was doing machine learning and natural language processing on media and what and company it was called chomp c-h-o-m-p and so that was acquired and that literally was all about how to use things like probabilistic algorithms latent Dirichlet allocation things like this to help people search for like apps and media using generic terms like believe it or not before when i started working on that stuff if you typed in facebook could find the Facebook app. If you typed in social network, you wouldn't find Facebook. So, so to mm. connect, connect those things up, there was work going on in that area that I was doing that became Apple stuff. Um, but like now, I, the, the the gains that you can get through AI, like open language models to help like, hey, this particular person has been reading these kinds of articles and clicking on these things and watching these things. Like what's the most relevant thing we could show you right now? Like that's really powerful from a discovery engine standpoint. The next part of it is if you miss the live match, which a lot of people do because they love the appointment schedule viewing aspect of things, you can use it to generate a very specific like highlight reel for you. Like we haven't, we, we've, we've done some of this stuff maybe internally, but like I haven't done it externally yet, but it's coming and other people are working on this kind of stuff. That's really powerful. And I think just in media in general, it's really powerful too, because everything these days is just kind of one click away. Like if you jump onto TikTok or IG or something after this, almost anything you look at, probably everything you look at, somebody on has already seen. And mm. so what I love about live is it's authentic, it's fresh, like no one's seen it before because it's happening right now. And AI in some way can do that for you too, make something very custom specifically for you, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, so there's going to be a lot of change that's going to go on in media and content creation and really change the landscape of user generated content for sure. In terms of just trends in sports, I guess as a whole, maybe not directly impacting you, but like I would say emerging leagues and I don't, I don't want to say too much because that might be something you want to say, but like what are what are some of the more macro things or even micro that you're just keeping a close eye on because you see them as interesting, whether it's you covering them or, or just you just find it fascinating. You're like, oh, this is cool. Sports is awesome. I mean, look, I, I didn't know about you know, pickleball before I would say this year, if I'm being, being honest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like it's definitely being elevated right now. I am seeing in areas that I am all, like, like a, a big fan of like action sports things, new things pop up, right? In the world of action sports, we've seen X games for a very long time, but in the last few years, uh, I'm friends with these these guys and we work with them on caffeine, but natural selection tour, like that's a whole new backcountry tour that is is epic. Like it's that's a whole new take on snowboarding competition. So like I feel like as I look at the landscape, there's stuff that's popping up that I've never heard of that's gaining, you know, momentum. There's new things coming along. And there's also older things that have been around for a while that are being, you know, broadcast and presented in a whole that's new fresh point. way. Yeah, like slam, slam ball. You see that one that came back this year. They just raised ten mil uh, to to revive it. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's all anything, I guess, that has short form appeal. I guess. How are you guys thinking about the short form into the long form? Because I'm sure a lot of your stuff, like you got to interest people through short form first. 
Yeah, I would love to do that. We haven't done that yet, but that would be that that, that is um a really interesting technique for sure for getting distribution and discovery and kind of getting that engagement. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And what's your uh we probably should have covered this earlier, but what's the business model around it? Is it you know straight to consumer? Is it partnering with some of these leagues, a mix, sponsorships? Yeah, so we're if you know, from the consumer standpoint, we're a free to watch ad supported service that has you know, YouTube or Twitter or X, I should say, like Patreon type features where you can like go to a creator, in our case, a sports league and subscribe or do a pay-per-view if they have content they want to put behind a paywall. But for the most part, it's free to watch and the way it goes. And the business model is selling ads and revenue sharing with them or helping them sell content with subscriptions and pay-per-views and revenue sharing with them on that. And we work similar to yeah, YouTube or Twitch, et cetera, where we'll partner up with creators to help kind of lifecycle market them and really give them tons of exposure. And then together we can kind of monetize that. And what's next for uh, for Caffeine now that you've, it seems like you found uh, the sweet spot, especially with the big user growth. You know, how do you accelerate that? Or, or, you know, do you have the next sort of things to, I don't want to say pivot again, I don't think that's coming, but like sort of even expand upon and capture at a greater value? Yeah, uh, look, I, I would say the, I mean, on the, the the pivot side of things, I mean, there's been, as I said, a bunch of sort of content pivots, but sports has kind of always been a part of it. I mean, Fox Sports did a big investment in us really early on for this exact reason. What's really happened for us is we've just focused on the majority of sports that are out there, not the the prime stuff, not the, the, the top stuff. And, and that's got that traction. And and it's all been here in the US, right? So we've got, you know, 40 million monthly active users, mainly under the age of 35, which would have to be most people probably. That's a large percentage for sure. The large percentage um, that we're reaching. And so what's next? Well, we want to take it international. Like we want to start thinking about how do we do what's happening in the US, apply this to sports and, and fans all over the world. I'm really interested in leveraging the real time streaming aspect of things in things like e-commerce potentially you know partnering up with betting companies so they can people can place bets around it new fresh interactive real-time kind of way that was a mouthful um and uh i'm also really interested in seeing where i mean there's no rush for us to get into but i'm really interested in seeing where we go with virtual reality because i think that like real-time interactivity or in virtual reality around sports that you love is going to be epic as well so International, e-commerce, virtual reality, AI, all the, all those buzzwords, like all I think factor into kind of you know, the future of caffeine for sure. Yeah. And I, and I, this, you'll find this cool. I do fit into that, uh, range. I remember I didn't realize it at the time, but I have watched a few things on caffeine before, just without obviously knowing, uh, before I knew you, but, uh, <laughs> it was cool. What? What was the one? I think it was surfing. You guys have surfing, right? Like some sort yeah. of surfing. Yeah. One of my friends is from Hawaii and he was like, you got to watch this. Just, just check it out. It's incredible sport. It's going to be the next big thing. He's like, you got to, you got to cover it more on your stuff. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out. So I know that was one of them. That's cool. Yeah. World Surf League um, has been blown up and doing really well. That's um, what I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. That's been, that's been amazing and so cool to see, especially growing up as a surfer in Australia. That's right. You are a big surfer. You know, I've never surfed before. I'd probably, yeah, I'd, it'd be a struggle for me, I think. I skied one time, snowboarded one time, and they weren't good. So I'm sure the translation is similar. So yeah, hard falls would be coming my way. 
that may happen. That may happen. You know, within a, within probably you know a week or so, I'm sure you'd pick it up and you, know, you you can get a mid level like I think you know pretty quickly and have a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. I need to I need to get on that. Oh, I got to move somewhere warm first. But uh, Ben, anyway, it, it's been awesome. I don't know if you have anything else you want to touch on. It's it's caffeine TV the website. Uh, I'm sure your your socials are are caffeine TV or or something similar as well. Is, is that right? Yeah, it's actually um, the handle on IG is caffeine, which is pretty cool. Same same on X yeah. as well. Very cool. Were you able to scoop those up pretty organically, or did or did you have to you know pay out some some random kid that owned the the tags or or whatever? Didn't have to pay for anything. Um, reached out, yeah, reached out to Facebook, IG, and uh, Twitter at the time, right at the beginning of the company, and somehow I managed to secure Caffeine Inc business name which is pretty cool and then just wrote to them i was like hey these accounts seem do- dormant like can i take them over and they're like yeah no worries so i i got them for nothing and it's pretty pretty awesome <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's amazing but anyway ben appreciate you uh coming on we we could talk all day i'm sure we'll just people be like wait what are, what are, what are we even doing here now but uh it was it was awesome a lot of, a lot of great stuff in there thanks man really great to chat have a good one